0: Know, therefore, and understand that from the going out of the world to restore and build Jerusalem to the coming of an anointed one, a prince, there shall be seven weeks. Then for 62 weeks, it shall be built again with squares and moat, but in a troubled time. And after the 62 weeks, an anointed one shall be cut off and shall have nothing. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Its end shall come with a flood, and to the end there shall be war. Desolations are decreed. And he shall make a strong covenant with many for one week. And for half of the week, he shall put an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abominations shall come one who makes desolate until the decreed end is poured out out on the desolator. And then I'm also going to read from Zechariah 9 verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. And I will pass it over to Cody now.
1: Thanks, guys. Heavenly Father, ask in Jesus' name that your Holy Spirit would just speak the words of truth, into living hope, and into our hearts. We want to be full of you, Holy Spirit. We want to hide your word in our hearts. We want to follow you, and we want to proclaim Jesus is our king. We want to go out and tell the world that he came to save. Help us to do that. Give us wisdom. Give us courage. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I am not going to talk about all the prophecy stuff, only in that those two prophecies were fulfilled. And I think that uh, just goes to show what a wonderful God we serve, who, who wants to tell his people that he's sending a Savior. And he, he told us that. I want to actually I, i'll admit a lot of time i when i'm thinking about what to say i start getting into thinking about how to say things eloquently and and sound like i really know what i'm talking about and all those kind of things and uh and then i remember that it's not about whether i sound like i know what i'm talking about or not it's just about proclaiming what god's word says and 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 uh, god's word doesn't come back void so i always figure very end if we just read a lot of scripture and god's word is in our hearts that he will give us wisdom and understanding if i try to tell you guys a whole bunch of stuff that i figured out it won't make a world of difference unless the holy spirit does the does all the work for it so with that i would like to share a lot of scripture with you i have taken uh the gospels all four of them talk about this event um, and that, I think, is really cool on its own. If all four Gospels are telling you about something, it's really worth paying attention to. Um, not that the rest of Scripture isn't, but when God says things four times, hey, and and, and re- technically he also said in the Old Testament too, so it's a big hello. Now, uh, I'm going to put it up on the screen, uh, and I'll just read through, and you guys can see the verses there too. Um, it will be, uh, I'll just get that on the screen. should see it there so uh this is a harmony of the gospels together and uh i i put all the verses that said the fullest information starting with john 12 12 on the next day much people that were come to the feast when they heard that jesus was coming to jerusalem and when they When he had thus spoken, he went before ascending up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass, when he was come nigh to Bethphage and Bethany at the mount called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go ye into the village over against you, in the which at your entering ye shall find a colt tied, whereon yet never a man sat. Loose him and bring him hither. And if any man say unto you, ye shall say, The Lord hath need of him and straightway he will send them. All this was done, that it might be fulfilled, that which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the foal of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded, which is an important thing for us all to do, whatever he commands. And as they were loosing the colt, the owners thereof said unto them, Why loose ye the colt? And they said unto them, even as Jesus commanded, and they let them go. And they said, The Lord hath need of him. And they brought him to Jesus, and they cast their garments upon the colt, and they they sat thereon. And Jesus, when he had found, found a young ass, sat thereon, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold thy king cometh, sitting on an ass's colt. Now, the actual entry into uh, Jerusalem and a very great multitude spread their garments in the way others cut down branches from trees and strawed them in the way and the multitude that went before and that followed cried saying Hosanna to the son of David blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord Hosanna in the highest blessed be the kingdom of our father David that cometh in the name of the Lord Hosanna in the highest saying, blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory to the highest. These things understood not his disciples at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they that these things were written of him, that they had done these things unto him. The people, therefore, that was with him when he called Lazarus out of the grave and raised him from the dead, bear record. For, for this cause, the people also met him, For they had heard that he had done this miracle. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, Perceive ye how he prevail, or ye prevail nothing? Behold, the world is gone after him. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. I love that part because we are living stones. And we're crying out to our Lord. And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, "If thou hadst known even now at, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the day shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee and compass thee about sorry, compass thee round, and keep thee in on every side." And shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children with thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. And John continues telling more about what happens that day. And there were certain Greeks among them, they came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which is of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Now Philip, Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, and said again, and again Andrew and Philip tell Jesus, and Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall also be my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled, troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came their voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people therefore that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Others said an angel spake unto him. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And if I, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, Will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. And the people answered him, We have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. And how sayest thou the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. While ye have light, Believe in the light, that ye may be children of the light. These things spake Jesus and departed, and did hide himself from them. But though he had done so many miracles before before them, yet they believed not on him. That the saying of Isaiah, uh, Isaiah the prophet, might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report? And to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, they could not believe, because Isaiah said again, He hath blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, that they should not see with their eye, nor understand with their heart, and be converted, and I should heal them. These things said Isaias when he saw his glory and spake of him. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of man more than the praise of God." Jesus cried and said, he that believeth on me, believeth not on me, but on him that sent me. And he that seeth me, seeth him that sent me. I am come, a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one... That judgeth him the word that I have spoken the same shall judge him in the last day for I have not spoken of myself but the father which sent me he gave me a commandment what should I say and what should I speak and I know that his commandment is life everlasting whatsoever I speak therefore even as the father said unto me so I speak. So I, I like the, the harmony. It's, it's a little hard to take the different verses and get them perfectly smooth together. It's a little tricky, but it does tell sort of the fuller story. And I don't, I'm not going to go too much into uh, details about palms and the things that um, they did as he walked into Jerusalem. I want to focus, I want to ask the question as to why did Jesus come? Why is he coming to Jerusalem? Why did he come into this world? And, uh, and then, uh, finally, what's our response to his coming? And so, I have some, some more scriptures that I really think answer the question as to, to why Jesus came. Matthew 18 and 11 and Luke 19, 10 say, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. And to me, that answers a question. Why did Jesus come humbly into Jerusalem on a donkey instead of riding in on the horse as the king taken over? Because it's like God is so much smarter than everybody else. And he's coming in with the objective to save souls not just to take a kingdom. So his wisdom is to come in humbly so that it would be a matter of the heart so that when we read the story, when we hear the words of God, we will be pricked in our hearts and realize this is a God who loves us so much that he came to save sinners, to find each one of us like lost sheep and, and bring us to his fold. Mark 1, 14 to 15. Now, after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. This is why Jesus came. He came to to preach the gospel, the good news unto us. That's his fulfillment. That's the little hints that Daniel and Zechariah were given, that Jesus was coming, the Messiah's coming to seek and save that which is lost. John 12, 44 to 50, Jesus cried and said, he that believeth on me, believeth not on me. Oh, I read that already. 1 John 4, 9 to 19. And this was manifest, the love of God towards us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him here in his love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Propitiation means a one-time offering, pro meaning one, a one-time offering that settles the score. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that dwell in him and he is in us because he hath given us of his spirit and we have seen and do testify that the father sent the son to be the savior of the world that is the number one awana verse that rattles around in my brain from all our kids going through awana the father sent the son to be the savior of the world whosoever confess that jesus is the son of god god dwelleth in him and he in god and we have known and believed that us he loved us first he came when we were rejecting him when the world was rejecting the Lord he came we just studied Timothy this is a a great verse this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save, save sinners of whom I am chief Mark two seventeen, when Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, "They that are whole have no need of a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance." And we're we're all sinners. He came to call us all to repentance. First John three sixteen, hereby perceive we the love of God, because He laid down His life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. Jesus is coming into Jerusalem knowing that within the week, he was going to lay down his life for us. That's why he came. Because the ultimate way to show his love for us was to pay for our sins. To lay down his life for us. Greater love hath no man than he who lays down his life for a friend. God is so good that he came to save us because we were all doomed. Our sins had had split us, had condemned us to uh, hell eternal, to to death. And yet Jesus came to save us, to keep us from the the depths of the lake of fire and, and brimstone. John 10, 14 to 17 says, I am the good shepherd. And know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also must I bring. And they shall hear my voice, and shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. So what about us? What's our response to Jesus coming? What do we do now? Jesus told us what to do. Remember the disciples who went got the the ass and the ass's colt? They went and got him. They did what they were told. And Jesus commanded us, says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. And is recorded from Mark saying, And go ye into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is, and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, It shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up in heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. It's our duty to follow our Lord's commandments. That means for us to go. Jesus came into Jerusalem to save us. To, to, to die and take our punishment and then to rise again. And he did that with intention. And then he, and he told us to go, go out into the world and tell everybody about what Jesus has done. So on this Palm Sunday, I hope that you leave with it in your mind that Jesus came to save us and we are ought to go out and tell others how he saved us. We ought to go out and give our testimonies to those around us in our workplace um, in the in the shopping mall at the lineup in the grocery store anywhere in the world you might be on a holiday you might be intentionally going out on a mission trip but go tell people about your faith in Jesus Christ, especially in these times right now and be careful we want to tell everybody what we feel about. COVID-19 and what the world is doing and all that sort of thing. And I'm right there with you. It's frustrating. Uh, I get it. But tell people about Jesus. Tell them that God has control of all of this and that he sent his son to die for them. How much more important it is to put aside our misgivings and our feelings and our frustrations and our right to worship together together. Tell people about Jesus, so that no matter what, we know what's coming next. We know there's much more coming next. The Bible tells us, and we we have faith that God has control over all that. But if if those neighbors, those people, those grocery people at the grocery store, if those coworkers don't know Jesus Christ, they're doomed. We need to have love and compassion for them and share the gospel, share the good news of Jesus Christ with them. And I think it's worth asking, and we'll ask in just a moment, that God would give us a love for them, for the world around us. It's so easy, again, to be frustrated with the world. But there are so many lost souls that that need us to... Need us to be willing to tell them the truth. Faith cometh by hearing hearing the word of God. And we want them to hear the word of God. Heavenly Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you would give us the love that you have for us. A willingness to go. A willingness to to walk into somebody else's Jerusalem and a willingness to come in and say your words to them, words of life to them, despite what it could mean, embarrassment or, oh, so many things, loss of jobs or loss of friendships, loss of, in some cases, absolutely true loss of life. let, Let us have courage. Let us not fear and let us love them so much that it eclipses all of those things. Help bless us, Lord, with the right words to say. We don't want to fumble with words and we don't want to have difficulty conveying the gospel. Put it on our hearts to tell them. Help us to tell them that they're lost sinners, that they've sinned against the Holy God, that they are destined towards the lake of fire if they don't put their faith in you. Help us to tell them that Jesus Christ is their propitiation. He's the one that came in and paid the price. He's the coupon. He's the redeemer. He paid the price for our sins. Help us to tell them that, that he did it willingly, that God loved the world so much that he sent his his, his only begotten son to save them. Give us that compassion, Lord. We trust you for that because we are weak. We're, we're, we're on our own strength. We are nothing. We were nothing but broken, distorted earthen vessels. But with your Holy Spirit in us, we're much more than that because we walk with God in us. And you told us not to worry about the words that we were going to say. So we ask that you would, you would speak through us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you that we're here during this time. I'm sure lots of us don't want to be here during this time, but I think this, this coming time, these latter days, are days where we're going to see your work. I pray that you would help us to be part of the harvest. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.